Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And tonight we've got Pat Merle with us. I pronounced that incorrectly. What's the Austrian version of pronouncing your name, my friend? Myrtle. 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 Love it. Awesome. Okay, everything's got to begin with prayer. And Father, we turn that over to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Father. And as always, at the beginning of every podcast, we like to thank anybody out there, everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Your prayers, your encouragement, your comments, your emails, anything and everything that you do to help encourage, even the ideas that you give us, all of that means everything to us. So please continue to do that. And don't forget when you like and share this podcast, especially the YouTube version of it, that affects the algorithms on YouTube and helps it get recommended to more people. And that in turn helps other people find the message. And we hope and pray that these messages through our podcast will always lift people up, strengthen them, encourage them, unite them to be ready to go and do whatever God calls them to do in the times that we're in. We also want to thank those of you who support us through the Patreon program. If you're interested, please click the link in the description below. It means everything to us and helps us pay the bills and continue to get this message out, again, to as many lives as possible with the amount of time, resources that we have. Don't forget to go out to our U.S. Grace Force gear page. Click the link in the description to find that. Get yourself some great t-shirts and all kinds of other awesome Catholic paraphernalia to get, again, that message out while we have the breath in our lungs. Let's be vigilant in trying to share the message of hope and encouragement and strength and God's almighty power with as many people as possible. Tonight, we've got a good friend with us. Pat is a, just, he's a regular. We pull him on usually every year, right about this time, Father. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good time to get him on once again, because we're getting ready to launch the next 54-Day Rosary Novena leading up to the Rosary Coast to Coast event. Boom! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Pat, you and I go back uh, quite a few years now, but uh, I think, you know, we got kickstarted through a lot of these efforts where, you know, trying to get the nation prim primarily uh, together united uh, with, you know, that's that united power, you know, that that, that comes from, from uh, many people praying at one time. Uh, so, you know, we've been working together on that. Plus, we've been doing men's ministry together. Uh, we're in Men of Christ uh, team right now, leadership team, and uh, and so, uh, so many pro-life efforts. So you and I have been working together for many years. Um, Pat, uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to probably embarrass you, but um, you're the best leader I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you're just really, really good. Um, not only are you just uh, lit up and inspiring, and great idea, man. But boy, can you bring us to task and 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 get those action steps going? <laughs> it's uh, it's been such a pleasure working with you all these years. And uh, your lovely wife, Katie, say hi to her for me. Will uh, do. Yeah, but uh, but we're very very good friends. So uh, one of our big uh, efforts that we've done together, uh, Pat, is what's coming up now, August fifteenth. It's the 54-day Novena for Our Nation. The, the, that's the title, Novena for Our Nation. So it's a 54-day uh, <laughs> rosary that now we have, gosh, um, souls from all over the planet uh, praying it together. But uh, it's I think it's well over 100,000. And then it concludes, uh, we, we're on October 7th, but it concludes with the National Rosary Rally uh, which is in Washington, D.C. It's kind of, you call it the anchor, I think you always call it, of all the other groups of people that are praying in their spot all around the nation uh, this year and, and around the world, too. And so, uh, Pat, thanks for coming on. But we just launched this uh, yesterday and the day before uh, and, um, and got everybody going. But we're really uh, excited about the theme that we feel is so necessary this year, and the, the the it's just one simple word. It's hope, right? I mean, I think we're being uh, just abused by a, a tyrannical period in history. 
And it's it's causing a lot of people to give up hope, to, to despair. And so we got to pray uh, for hope for ourselves, but hope for the nation. And uh, and so we've 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 actually gotten that great uh, scripture passage, Isaiah forty, which is so awesome. I love eagles, but uh, it's a great sign of our nation too. It's a sign of courage and freedom and hope. Uh, the eagle, but it comes from Isaiah forty thirty one. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. That's so awesome. But we want to get hope back, but we want to get strong, right? That's been our theme all along, too. We've got to get strong. Peace through strength, right? We're going to get that peace, that freedom. Everything comes from us getting strong. Because um, I think you guys are both in school of thought I am. The reason evil is infiltrating at such a alarming rate right now is because I think we Christians have gotten weak uh, over a period of time. So, Pat, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you know what we're what we're about to do and um, and you know maybe a little bit too, too about the Rosary Coast to Coast and National Rosary Rally? Absolutely. Um, so you touched a little bit on our history. Um, this is, believe it or not, the eighth year for the fifty-four day Rosary Novena for our nation and for yeah. the National Rosary Rally. And it'll be the sixth year for Rosary Coast to Coast. And that takes us back to when we first started working together. And that was in 2016. And in that year, there was a lot to pray for. It was a key election year. And right. there was a lot at stake in that election. And that was certainly one of the motivations for why we got together. And just one year earlier in 2015, you had published the 54 Basic Training in Holiness, which was built upon the power and strength of the 54-day rosary novena right. uh, that our lady gave to us three novenas in petition followed by three novenas in uh thanksgiving so that adds up to the 54 days and um just very very powerful uh way to pray for our intentions and in 2016 amazing things happened out of that prayer campaign and out of many other prayer campaigns, and we won't go through all of that again, but every year now we have been praying at this time of year, starting with the August 15th Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary uh, through the October 7th um, Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, the 54-day Rosary Novena. And uh, we pray it with uh, the reflections that you wrote in the 54-day basic training, and we add spe special intentions based on what we're facing, what we're praying for in each of the years. And as you said, as we face, you know, the, the challenges of this year in 2023 uh, versus where we were in 2016, you can pretty much point to just about anything and say it's gotten worse. Whatever it was in 2016, in our culture, in our nation, in the world, and even perhaps in our church, it's gotten worse. Yeah. And so we have to intensify our prayer. And we do that through strength training, um, which, um, you know, Doug talks about all the time from a um, both physical and supernatural standpoint. And obviously you do as well, Father. Um, but we have to do that strength training. And we do that by praying the important and really powerful prayers of our faith. And there isn't anything more powerful uh, as a spiritual weapon in our faith than the rosary. And then when you bundle up the rosary into 54 days of rosaries, um, it's just amazing. And so we're, we always say, you know, pray as a family, pray as a community. Well, uh, Father Rick, over these years, you've built up your prayer warriors to almost 80,000 strong. Yeah. And the United so, States Grace Force, there it is. And that's just the number that we can count through email. You you add all those that you reach through social media and through your books and through other means, people that pass it along to their family and friends. Who knows how many people are praying this together? Yeah. And it's just and, time to unite in prayer. That's that's yeah. the whole impetus for it. It's just, you know. So go ahead, Pat. Yeah. It's a it's a prayer that we need to use in spiritual battle. And I think the last time I was on, um, we talked about spiritual battle and how we're called to spiritual battle. Do you know the catechism calls us to spiritual battle? Um, and I might have referred to this um, last time I was on. Um, 
the Catechism, paragraph 2015, uh, there is no holiness with, without renunciation and spiritual battle. Um, and then in the Catechism, uh, paragraph 2725, prayer is a battle against whom? Against ourselves and against the wiles of the tempter who does all he can to turn man away from prayer and away from union with God. With God. The spiritual battle of the Christian's new life is inseparable from the battle of prayer. So that's that's what it's about. This is about spiritual battle. It's how we respond in battle, and we we respond with the weapons that our faith gives us, and we lead those weapons with the rosary. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll say, Pat. You know, as we were all talking a little bit before we got started here tonight, start recording. You know, there are so many people, as you mentioned, Pat, that from 2016 to now, so many things are, are they are worse. I mean, you, you can't, you can't deny that what you see going on. You know, I'm going to say two words right now and people will, will understand Bud Light. Okay. I <laughs> mean, talk about stories like that, that just show the upside down kind of craziness of our society, which is funny because you used to work in the beer industry, if I'm not mistaken. Were 36 you in the years in the brewing industry, working for what was called at that time Miller Brewing Company. Yeah. And uh, so uh, our comp key competitor was Anheuser-Busch and, okay. and Bud Light. Now, uh, is, but is, I feel, you know, it, I feel for... Yeah, so you put of, some kind of hex on them is what it was. Really <laughs> well, no, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I do feel for all of, you know, those that, you know, were um, work for... Oh, uh, that yeah. brewery um, and the the people who consume those beers because they've been betrayed. Hmm. They've well, been betrayed. just go to Heilman's old style. That's what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. yeah, there you go. We got so we got beer ground covered tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's just a sad story. But to yeah. but the fact that it happened is yeah. a statement about it, you know how our culture has gone wrong. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It's a symptom of our times and it shows the direction that so many things have gone and the craziness doesn't stop there. And we know this, there are stories out there. I mean, story after story after story that shows that there's a lot of, like what Pope Benedict the 16th said, that as the presence of God disappears from the human horizon, mankind responds with more destructive effects. And I think the destructive effects people have to, we have to realize do not mean just violence in the physical form, destruction as in looting and rioting and burning buildings down although we've seen that in america happen in the last few years in you know several several i mean well i was gonna say over 150 cities with different riots and such chicago alone i mean how many 40 50 60 riots i heard one police officer alone was involved in over 40 riots that took place in chicago and that wasn't all of them that were going on protests that turned violent that's not even, I don't think, what Pope Benedict meant entirely that there would be this, this destruction and this, this, this more destructive effects that man would fall into as God disappears from the human horizon. The destructive effects of what we've seen with the gender issue or with, with um, you know, the racism that's been forced on everybody in one way, shape, or form, you know, they're trying to tell us that there are, are problems that don't even exist in many people's lives. And they're just trying to make us believe that this is simply where it is. But there's so many destructive effects that are going on out there on so many different levels because God is disappearing from the human horizon. And I like what you started off with there, Pat, about the fact that we are called to a spiritual battle. This is not to be taken lightly. And everybody plays a part in this because every single human heart is created for God, just like every single body physical body is about 75% water and needs to be hydrated. I don't care if you're from, you know, uh, you know, Kathmandu or, or somewhere in Mexico or Canada or Barrow, Alaska, it doesn't matter where you are. Your body needs about 75% you know, made up of water. You need to be hydrated. Well, the heart and the soul need God. And we have had far too many of us who have decided to say, we don't need God. And we just want to go golfing and shopping. And so because of that, we're seeing these destructive effects, which is why I really like the title of this of this particular podcast. Now, if anybody knows me and pays attention to our podcast, they know that we like to mention comets in here a lot. And the title doesn't do that. The title is actually hopeful. But this idea of comets refers to the prophecies, church approved, of the Blessed Mother in particular, that speak of coming chastisements for the world. But we play a part right now 
And Our Lady has made it clear in various places, in various ways, that our prayers, our sacrifices can mitigate, can lessen, can improve our chances of enduring whatever God allows or gives to the world as some form of chastisement. This is something that cannot be underestimated. And so, you know, Pat, can we speak a little bit about this idea that it's time for heroes to rise up in hope? And this is something that is so important because we could talk about hope every week on this podcast. And there are people out there, myself included sometimes, all three of us, I'm sure, have had those moments where you're sitting figuratively with your, your head buried in your hands, literally or figuratively, and you're wondering, dear God Almighty, where are we going in this world and in our church? Where's the hope? Where are you in these moments? Pat, your thoughts, because you know you were taught how you spend a certain amount of time every day just praying for priests alone and the clergy and the importance of us to dedicate time and that there are graces from God, supernatural. And I'll say this last point and then turn it back to you. Father, you talk about this a lot about getting strong in the supernatural power of God. Right. And I think we got to say it like that. We're not talking about... And we want to get strong in the supernatural power of God. No, this is a necessity. We cannot do this without the supernatural power of God. You know, Pat, your thoughts on the fact that we are called as Catholics, as Christians of all denominations, to be spiritual warriors and about this hope, rising up in hope. What does that, what does that mean or look like to you to rise up in hope as a hero? Well, the hope of our Catholic faith is grounded in trust in God. And so what does that mean? Well, when we look at everything around us and how wrong it's gone and how bad it is, um, if you take just a purely secular approach to that, you're going to put all your faith and all your trust in man to solve those. And when you look at the state of the world, the state of our nation, the state of the culture, the state of some things about our church, um, if you only trust in man and what man can accomplish, then you're going to despair because you don't really see a path to correcting it. Um, so what differentiates us? Well, by placing our trust in God, we aren't going to just sit on our hands. We have to earn that trust. We have to do something about it. And that, that's, the name of, that's the nature of prayer and action. Um, and that's what we're... This, you know, uh, Novena for Our Nation and Rash National Rosy Rally and Rosy Costa Custer all about is prayer and action. And we're praying not just for our own strength, but for supernatural strength. Um, and that's the nature of hope. I know I, I read a lot of prayers and, um, you know, I got my little old lady prayer book with prayer cards in it and everything, you know, that I pray every day. Um, but, you know, every, every once in a while, I come across a prayer that mentions hopelessness. And it's like, yeah, I pretty much just exercise that from my vocabulary, from my outlook on life, because there, as bad as things are, I have, I just don't find myself in that state of hopelessness. Um, because I know that there is an action to be taken. There's something I can do. There's something that we can do to call upon God, upon his graces to come upon us and upon the world and our church and our nation and to, you know, correct it. It doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. It's going to be on God's timetable. Um, but that also doesn't mean that we sit on our hands and wait for, because we know how this ends, um, to, to, and not do anything. We, God expects us to take action in the world and to do things about the ills uh, that are around us. And you just look at, you know, the state of the world and what's going on. And you have, you know, uh, faith in, in God has declined substantially. You know what has gone along with that? Belief in the devil. Mm. So as, as, as faith in God and belief in God declines, you know, belief in the devil declines along with it. So what does that mean? You know, that if you don't believe in the devil, you don't know what's behind all of what's going on. What is what is the devil, the father of lies? Lies, lies. yeah, right. So look at every part of what's gone wrong. Hmm. It's a battle, a spiritual battle, a physical battle between God's truth, enduring eternal truths, and the devil's lies. Right. 
Look at the, how the culture has gone to relativism. You know, it's, there is no absolute. It's all what we each believe personally. Uh, there is no truth. It's my truth versus your truth. I mean, that, that's, that's the, those are the lies that the devil is spinning. Um, and to just put that in real terms, um, one of the most, the preeminent issue of our time is abortion. It's killing pre-born babies, right? And what's that based on? It's based on a denial of the human humanity of that baby from the point of conception. So if you deny the truth that that is a human being at the point of conception, then the only way you can justify that lie is with more lies. Yeah. Now you're going to deny that's, that that's a baby in the womb at any stage of development. And you're going to deny the human humanity of that baby up to the point of birth and unfortunately even beyond birth and you're going to support infanticide and that's what is happening in the culture and yeah, I, what's a, what what is our uh, response to that yeah um you know we have to stand up for the humanity of the preborn, um and uh we have to we have to set an example for everyone around us in that we can't become complacent and and i and i would challenge us because I believe that's how, what we've become. I believe we've become complacent about it and we can't do that. Um, so, and then look at the other thing that's going on in our culture, you know, with gender ideology. Um, if you don't accept the God's truth that God created man and woman, if you uh, ignore the natural law that God created male and female, then you're going to go down the path that the culture is gone, which is I can determine what I want to be. Everything's a matter of perception. Um, and then look where that's taken us. And so really a lot of what the hope here is, is knowing in God's truth that God's truths are enduring and always coming back to, our, to those truths and rooting ourselves in those truths and uh, and in a means of uh, really combating all the lies that are being foisted upon us. You know, Pat, I, I was listening to you. I was thinking about how the three of us, for sure, and I think our listeners as well, we're not quitters. You know, we're not going to just throw our hands up. And I've been saying in, in recent podcasts and teachings, uh, one of the things that's so annoying to me is that when you hear people say we're in the post-Christian era, you know, like, okay, well, that was fun while it lasted. No, I'm not going to go there. We got to reclaim surrendered ground. We got to get this nation back, one nation under God again, because that's truth, you know, and that's uh, that's that's where people behave well toward one another, and we live in harmony and peace and tranquility, and uh, when we're doing it God's way, and we're, we've been a country noted for that for centuries now. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, it, it, this 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 uh, intense level of pride has come in. I don't know if it's science or internet or you know breakthroughs in a certain area that all of a sudden we're puffed up and we believe we're superior to God and and we're superior to His ways now. And and so, but if we're not careful, we could just quit. We could just you know get in the fetal position in despair and just, just give up or just go ho-hum. I guess that's the new normal, you know, I guess, oh, post-Christian era, right? Um, all of that. So I love that we've decided to find that strength in numbers, right? That, that we're united. We're united in the belief that God's way is the right way. We're not better than God. We're not superior to God. God's way is the right way. So we should love, you know, here are the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control, not lying, deceiving, you know, ruining of reputation, uh, killing each other. No, that's the father of lies ways. And, and, and they can't become the new normal, right? So one of the things I love about, you know, being united in belief in God, but also united in the belief of the power of God. 
And I think there's a strength in that. I was telling someone that I have um, a holy water that's exercised and blessed by Father Ripperger. And I don't know. I think that's pretty, a lot of people believe that's powerful. Well, you know what? Their belief is what's making it powerful, not Father Ripperger's blessing or that his is somehow better than others. You know what I'm saying? But you have that, that, that confidence of feeling that, wait a minute, Father Ripperger blessed all of a sudden you have that belief, right? It's always been part of the equation. And I think that's what happens with the strength and number thing. Uh, you all believe that if we pray that miracles are about to happen and that we can, you know, find a revival in the land and that we can, you know, find a way to reclaim surrendered ground, you all believe that? Well, then I believe it too. You know, we, 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 we have confidence, a, a strength, a trust, right? A trust that, that, that um, in God, because we're bolstered by each other. So uh, I just, uh, I, I believe we've got to unite. We've got to unite. We've got to unite so that we can find, uh, so we can bolster each other in our belief for one another. And that's one of the things I found. I, I, I'll share a story a little later, but boy, the miracles we've encountered, all the prayers that have been answered. And people have to understand too, we're going to pray for our church and our nation with Novena for Our Nation, Right. But you can add your own uh, personal intentions, and you wouldn't believe the, the the communications. I think you you guys have gotten some too about things that happen. You know, God got busy while they were praying this novena for our nation, this fifty four day rosary novena. This thing is powerful. It is really powerful. Uh, so maybe Pat, um, you know, isn't it true that that uh, what were you in the United States of America? But once we unite. You know that, that you think of Nineveh. You you can think of the Israelites in, uh, you know, in the desert. You know they're united together, and God, God blesses that, doesn't He? Absolutely. Um, so prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful at an individual level. It's powerful when I pray with my wife Katie. It's powerful when we each pray with our families, with our faith communities. And then when you add numbers to that, when you pray united across the country, and you got to remember that, you know, a lot of the world looks on the U.S. as a harbinger of where things are going. Right. And even if they're not in the U.S., they're praying for and with the U.S. because they know that the direction that we go is the direction that the world's going to go as well. So we are actually uniting people across the world in prayer with Novena for Our Nation and in Rosary Coast to Coast. And um, it, it's amazing sometimes when you see, you know, that you have people literally on every continent joining in our U.S. prayer-based prayer campaigns uh, because, you know, there's just such power in that. And you look at tens and maybe even hundreds of thousands of people praying together for the same intentions and uh, in in our most powerful prayers of our faith, it God, you don't think God listens? You know, he listens, he takes action. You know, there are things that have happened that we can point to that have happened during our prayer campaigns over the last eight years. And there will be things that happen this year as well that we'll be able to point to in the future. And that's our belief and that's our hope. Yeah, I would go back to Father, something you always say, you like to bring up regularly in the podcast is in scripture. Um, and this this follows, I think, very well with what you just said, Pat, about faith and belief. And when many times when, and these are only ones that are recorded in the Gospels, when people would come to Jesus and they would ask for healing. And a lot of times his response is, do you believe that I can do this? And there's something about the belief part. And I think in particular, and Father, I'd love to get your comment on this first. And then Pat, if you could follow up. But and you kind of addressed a little bit of this already, Pat, but in general, everybody listening right now, whether it's through YouTube or any of our audio uh, platforms for this podcast, we've got to ask ourselves, do we truly, truly believe in the supernatural power of God? Or have we become kind of procedural where we go through the procedure of our faith? We we check in. I would say we clock in, clock out, put your hand in the holy water font at church, clock in, make sign of the cross. When you're walking out, you put your hand in the holy water font, clock out. And to some degree, that's the extent for a lot of people's faith. But you think about the hemorrhaging woman, and I'm always so blown away by that one. She sees Jesus coming to the crowd. 
just wants to touch the hem of his cloak. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She spends money on doctors. It only gets worse. She touches the hem of the cloak. Her blood flow dries up. Immediately she's healed. And Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And Peter and the others are like, you know, Jesus is a crowd all around you. A lot of people are bumping into you. And he says, no, healing power has gone out of me. I've always been blown away by that statement. Yeah. Healing power has gone out of me. The woman kind of timidly, the, the gospel kind of implies, comes forward and says, okay, it was me. It was me. And our Lord says to her, your faith has been your cure or, or words to that effect. And you think about this. He just said that healing power came out of him. So we know the healing power came from him, but the faith to receive it had everything to do with it happening in her life. Father, can you address that first and then Pat, maybe follow up a bit on something like the rosary rally and just prayer in general, personal or, or public, um, how it really, really does need that element of faith. An old spiritual director said to me once, God always reserves this aspect of faith. Like yeah. he can make things, he can make himself abundantly clear that the human mind unmysteriously could recognize. In fact, just last Sunday at the time we record this, uh, yesterday, the gospel talks about the parables and how Jesus spoke in parables. And he says to his disciples, I speak in parables, but I'll explain to you and so forth and so forth. But the parables to cause us to go deeper in faith, that personal peace we have to imply in this. Father, your thoughts on that, that, that particular, you know, the hemorrhaging woman or faith in general belief for us to receive this, this power of God. Yeah. Well, I, I can't remember if it was our discussion before we were broadcasting or something I, someone I was discussing with earlier today, but I was bringing up the fact, again, that I'm in the school of thought that, yes, Satan was given a hundred years to destroy the church, okay, and his most effective tool was to rid us of belief in the supernatural power of God. Now, he did that in a lot of different ways. But I think, like, for instance, casualizing the mass, that's the way I describe it. You know, let's make it casual and, you know, um, but in other words, remove that sense of awe and wonder that you can receive when you're mad, which to me is a way that helps us mere mortals to be predisposed to go, oh, yeah, that is God. I'm about to receive body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. When we casualize, it's kind of, oh, God, you know, it's it, we 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 minimize what it is, and so he's done it through that you know, sacred uh, architecture, sacred art, all those things that have been stripped out that helped us mere mortals to open up and receive uh, the uh, the greater understanding, the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to 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 become uh, in God's uh, grace, but His divine life to get into that divine life. That was his greatest tactic. And so what does that do? Then, okay, all of a sudden, the church is a nice social club. It, it kind of helps you become a better person like a psychologist might do. But you see what I'm saying? I'm kind of talking like that because it's it's minimized. It's stripped out. It's, it's lost a sense of its power, right? And that's what we've gone through. And, and we're, I know we had a discussion about this, but the, the whole thing that uh, poor catechesis over all these years, and I'm saying, no, uh, well, yes, but more importantly, there's no hunger for catechesis. Uh, I was talking about a phenomenon that occurred when I got into men's ministry, and we started to really do our best to, to help these men to be predisposed. I mean, we had you know, the, 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 uh, a scola that did Gregorian chant and polyphony and can't more candles in the sanctuary, low light and incense and, and everything the church has given us, you know, all that. And you had, uh, I can countless young men who were maybe starting their family or whatever, uh, showing up, they heard about this and then later telling their story, father, I was, I've completely abandoned the faith. I, I, I was an agnostic at best for years. And I discovered this, and we would get together uh, socially then, and they, you know what they talked about when we got together socially? The encyclicals they were reading. <laughs> they, it was just a Bible. They were trying to absorb everything they could get their hands on. They were just, oh, they were so, they were famished and hungry for more. 
And then, yes, we can believe. Okay, yes, he is the God of miracles. I do believe in miracles, but we've got to help people. I, I've always said, or no, I, I'm going to take that back. I've said this more in my last 10 years of my priesthood that I've discovered that my primary goal is to get people to tear through that veil and, in, in, and into the divine life. However I can do that, I want to do that. And again, I think what we're doing together is so powerful and raises us up and opens us, predisposes us to understand he is a God of miracles. And amazing things happen when tens of thousands of people join together for this very powerful 54-day Rosary Novena. Yeah, I, let me just, I'm going to jump in before, Pat, before you comment on that. I mean, Father, you, you, you talk big and you talk powerful and you talk, um, I, I just, I love it, but I just know that there are so many people out there, like I'll look at it from an exercise perspective. Um, I've been working out for 46 years of my life. I started when I was 12. God bless my sister. She bought me a 110 pound plaster Kmart, my members Kmart, the store. Um, weight set. I had 110 pounds. She gave me two 10 pound plates. I had one of those. Yeah, they're great. You know, they did their job. Um, but I had two 10 pound plates and a bar. And she said, learn how to lift and I'll give you more weight. And little by little, I had to prove that I could put the repetitions in, in order to gain more weight from her, from her. She, she hid them in the drawer of her bedroom. So I wouldn't go in and take the weights and use them and then put them back. So Anyway, what that did is it got me on the right track. So I have literally, I don't even know how many, hundreds of thousands or more of repetitions in different exercises over the years. I'm 58 now and I was 12. So 46 years I've been working out and I will continue, God willing, as long as I possibly can, because I, number one, I, I, I know it's beneficial to invest in your health, but I also enjoy it to a degree. But there are times when I don't enjoy it. But I could take somebody who has never really worked out much and said, okay, here's a routine. And I can go into the details of how resistance training affects certain muscle fibers certain ways, or it affects certain bone cells a certain way. You have the osteoblast and the osteoclast, and this is actually true. And the osteoblast cells of your bone, when they're stimulated through resistance training, they grow, which makes your bones denser, which makes them stronger, ultimately, less chance of having osteoporosis and other bone problems down the road. Osteoclast cells are kind of the natural cell that just kind of eats the bone up and goes through a natural regenerative process. But as we get older, the osteoblasts lose their impact. Osteoclasts continue to do what they do, and our bones get weaker. Therefore, okay, get what I'm saying here? This is over the head for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't want to hear any of this. They just want you to say, show me the exercise, show me how to do it, tell me how many to do and how often. And I think when it comes to prayer and faith, some people are there. And Pat, I'd love your comment on this because Father just talked big and amazing. But I think a lot of people are at this place where they just, they want to have that kind of faith they think it's important, maybe, but the golfing and shopping is still calling them. And so to tell them, here's a routine that will really make you grow. Let me explain how the muscle fibers and the bone cells are affected by this type of resistance. They don't want any of that sometimes. They just want to know the basics. I think some people are there in the faith where they just, okay, we'll pray the rosary. I don't know about some of this depth that you're talking about. And yet... They're created for that depth that Father just explained. And just like all of our bones are created for a resistance exercise to make them stronger, and if we fail in it, our bones will get weaker, and eventually it's going to happen, of course. But spiritually speaking, we are all built for a deeper prayer life and a deeper faith. So for anybody listening right now, Pat's going to give us an amazing response to this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> about yeah, thank, you. How... thank you for that setup. Sure, you bet. <laughs> about how even though we may not be really excited about going deeper in faith and prayer, we're built for it and we need it, just like our bones need resistance training and our muscles need resistance training. But Pat, I just think that a lot of people are kind of stuck at that kind of entry-level area. So, okay, I stalled a little bit there to give you a little time. Yes, to well, um, so <laughs> um, one of the my fellow founders of Men of Christ here in the Diocese of Madison in Wisconsin um, always spoke about 
striving to live in a state of grace. Yes. And you know who that is, Father Randy Mann. That, who um, is it? And it and uh, he would he was so in love with our faith. I thought it was me. Oh, it, it, you, I'm sure you did that yeah. too, but no, Randy Mack is the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. But he was always enamored of May that. Rest in peace. And and he died unfortunately um, in the last two years. But um, he and I'm sure he died in a state of grace. Um, but he always loved talking about our faith. He was in love with our Catholic faith, and I think those of us who will love our Catholic faith are also driven to go deeper and deeper and deeper into our faith to learn more about it, to take more advantage of it. And, and truly, I think that's, that's what this is about. Father was talking earlier about, you know, um, liturgy and churches. And, you know, I, I think, what does that mean to strive to live in a state of grace? And I think what it means for me and what it means for us as Catholics is to be always pointed towards heaven. So everything we do needs to point us towards heaven. Now, you can walk into a beautiful, magnificent Catholic church and by architecture and adornment and placement of the tabernacle behind the altar, that can point you to heaven. You can experience a reverent liturgy of the mass or of a devotion, and that experience can be what points you to heaven. And certainly that was the experience that I've had in our parish here in Wisconsin Dells and that you've had with, you've been providing at St. Mary Pine Bluff is a liturgy and devotions that point us to heaven. Well, we also need to do that with our prayer lives. And yeah, we have to start from wherever we are, but it's not a destination, it's a path. It's a path to heaven. So the deeper we get into our prayer lives, the more our faith calls us to go even deeper. And that can be a scary thing. So if you don't have a robust prayer life right now, if 15 minutes of prayer a day starts to scare you, just think about you know those who are praying a lot more than that every day. And they didn't get there, you know, they didn't go zero to a hundred in you know 2.3 seconds. They got there over time by experiencing the supernatural power and strength of our Catholic prayers and devotions. And, you know, it, it's really kind of centering yourself on that and then using that as a springboard to give you the supernatural strength to, to as Randy said, strive to live in a state of grace. Now, some of it requires a real commitment. So one of the key points in my life, because I was away from the church for a long time, and there's a a lot of story behind how I got pointed in the right direction. Um, but one of the commitments that my wife Katie had already has been had been suggesting and encouraging me to do was daily mass. And I can remember the day, um, October 22nd, 2010. And that was the day I committed to daily mass. And yeah, I'd been going to, you know, here and there a daily mass. And then, and at that point I said, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to mass every day. And I did. And with very few exceptions, I've been going to Mass every day. In fact, I, if you ask my wife, um, what's the most important thing that we do every day? Let's go to Mass. Mm. It all starts there. Mm. And that provides me, it provides us, and it provides so many of us Catholics with that supernatural strength to take on the world, literally take on the world and what's going on in our lives and beyond our lives. I think what you said there, Pat, that, I, that really strikes me is you you invested in something, you started it at a point here or a point there, and as you invested in it, you felt, sensed, or got, or received by God's power and grace some sort of return on the investment, even if it means a little bit different piece in your life, a little bit different order in your life, a little bit different perspective in your life. Sometimes I think people think I'm going to pray the rosary or I'm going to go to mass for a while. And all of a sudden so there's going to be this ah! type of moment. And for me, like when I was out running some errands earlier today, I just stopped by the church. I popped in for five minutes of adoration. And I do that all the time. I'll drive past the church. I'll go out of the way to drive past the church. If I can't make the daily mass for schedule or what have you, I will make sure that I try to at least pop in there and get on my knees and just pray for a few minutes at least. And it's become this moment of, of just solitude, this solemn, awesome. Now, 
and I always say this too, the older I get, the less I know about God. I mean, someone asked me recently to give a short talk and I did a small group of people in the living room. And I just said, a lot of the young people in the room, I just said, look, sometimes you get kind of trained up and you think you got things figured out. Then the older you get, you realize, you know, God's mysteries are way beyond us. And there's something very beautiful about the simplicity of just kind of letting go of my personal opinion and just trusting that God has this way beyond me in a beautiful way. And I think some of that for me has come from the simple things you just described of just committing to whether, you know, it's trying to get to mass throughout the week. In your case, you go daily. That's awesome. Or getting that daily rosary prayed or making those moments of adoration, um, be it an hour or five minutes. And I'll say this, I want to encourage this to anybody listening, watching, what have you, that you take time to, when you get near a Catholic church, make the effort to go out of your way if you have to, even a few blocks, whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, look, you're not going to outdo God in generosity. If you make time to get to him, to go in and kneel before him, let alone go to mass during the week, which is what's a daily mass, Pat, in general, 30 minutes or so? On average, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not an enormous investment in time if someone's thinking, I just don't have time for this. Look, start with it. And I it, and, and you tell me, am I right that you invested a little bit in these things and boom, you felt God's even in little ways? Did you feel some sort of call well, I, to I return just, on that investment? Everything I did on that path um, was reinforced and gave right. me the strength, the supernatural strength to take the next step and mm. to go further. Mm. And look what he's put you in charge of since then. You know, because I mean, he can yeah. trust you, right? Doors doors have opened, relationships yeah. have developed um, as a result. And that's not by my action. That didn't, no. that, I didn't do that. Right. You know, those opportunities are provided um, yep. by God. And, and yep. you know, it's just amazing the people that I've gotten to know, including the two of you and so many more. And just what we've been able to do together and, you know, whether it's these types of prayer campaigns or ministry to men or um, Father Rick is our spiritual leader for the Coalition of Eucharistic and Marian Apostolates, SEMA. We're up to 21 apostolates across the U.S., Canada, and now we got one from Ireland, too, which is great. We're in the Irish screen here. And, um, you know, just amazing, amazing people doing amazing, amazing things for our faith. And they all had a call. They all had points along that that they were called and they responded to and were encouraged and went further into our faith to the point that it, it you know, it, it's not about themselves. It's about what they can do for others. So no matter how bleak things look in the world, no matter how mad the work world appeal appears, our hope tells us our faith and our hope and our belief tells us that we have to be active in saving souls one at a time yeah right isn't that the nature of it that's yep. our faith right so no matter what the environment is no matter what's going on how bad it is all the stupidity and madness around us there are souls to save you know i was in a, a group with our pastor at our church a men's group and um, i said you know saving souls is in your job description father he said it's in your job description too and mm -hmm. he was absolutely right you know, that's what we sign up for as Catholics is, you know, that's the nature of what we're being called to do, why we're taking the actions we are. And ultimately, all the souls we reach, just look at how many souls we can help save and put on that path um, to holiness, that path to heaven. And as Randy Mack said, to strive to live in a state of grace. Yeah, I've been dying to tell this story because um, you you mentioned, uh, Pat, that we started in 2016 leading up to a monumental election. And, it, you know, the babies were at stake, right? And uh, one of the guys that really intrigues me, we've had him on the podcast too, Doug, but uh, Jonathan Kahn, and he shows these paradigms between, you know, what, what went on in the Old Testament, what's going on now and all this stuff. But the, at one point in, in history, uh, there was worship of the, the god, small g, ba Baal, or Baal, he likes to call him. But Baal is uh, associated with child sacrifice and lust for power. Well, lo and behold, leading up to the 2016 election, they planted an arch of Baal on the soil of New York, which was the home of both candidates, but it's also the epicenter, the beginnings of the abortion 
industry. It's kind of like the epicenter of abortion um, to, to, to worship this child sacrificing God. Right. And we did, that was our first um, uh, novena for our nation that year. And this, this information emerged. And so we prayed, we prayed hard. And at the last minute, things changed and we didn't get the child sacrificing candidate. So that's amazing. But 2018, I will never forget 2018. Now they planted the Arch of Baal on the nation's capital grounds. And who can forget those demonic Kavanaugh hearings that were going on? Well, they were going on right when they planted that arch. They planted the arch on, on September 26 of 2018. That's just when the uh, the um, the Kavanaugh hearings were beginning. And the arch was left there for three days up to what? The Feast of St. Michael the Archangel on the 29th. Well, we started praying that year. We added the St. Michael chaplet prayer to what we were doing. Okay. What they were trying to do is they want their child sacrifice. They want their child sacrifice. It's it's their everything. And, and they don't know they're the minions for the devil for when they're doing this. But we prayed and we prayed hard. And we're I'm driving out, and this is October 6th, the, the, the night before we, we were going to be gathered in the nation's capital, hoping that we get on the exact same spot that they were. And it turned out, I mean, because we could get any spot all, all, all over the nation's capital. We were on the identical spot. But here's what happened the night before. We're driving out, or the, the afternoon before, and all of a sudden, the, the, I'm listening to the radio, and it breaks. And they're swearing in Justice Kavanaugh. When? At precisely 3 p.m. Central Time, the hour of mercy. And they, they bring in uh, Justice Kavanaugh. We get out there, right? And um, we're on the ground where they had planted the... That's like planting a flag and claiming the soil, right? Mm -hmm. Planting the Arch of Baal. We got out there, and we prayed. But I also brought exercised uh, and blessed water from uh, Epiphany uh, and also blessed salt, too. And um, But we prayed and we prayed hard that time. And um, uh, and also we had an exorcist out there, too. And we had relics. <laughs> it was just unbelievable what we had. And we prayed so hard. And, um, and so uh, and we were on the exact same spot. And then I asked people to go around with these little bottles of blessed salt and holy water and plant them around the, the grounds. Yep, that, that's it. That's one of them, yeah. Look at, but it looks like white powder, doesn't it? Yeah. And yet <laughs> the security out there did wasn't wasn't um, unnerved by that. In fact, they were doing selfie with all the security guys. They thought it was cool what they were doing, blessing the soil. Um, then what happened was I happened to be, I, I, I was getting an award from the Faith and Freedom Coalition. We just saw all the Republicans out there a few weeks ago. But uh, and there was another person, and, and this is this was like what an hour away from where we were after we were all done at nation's capital. There was another person being awarded. It was myself and the other person. You know who it was? Jonathan Kahn. <laughs> and so I got to go and meet him, and I come into the gathering area before we go into the hall, and I, I introduce myself, and then I get to tell him, exorcist, bless salt, holy water. Uh, people from around the nation, 100,000 people praying. I said, uh, Rabbi, we've got this covered. And uh, and and we, we reclaim surrendered ground. But uh, And then we know, don't we, that because of Kavanaugh and later, later um, uh, Amy Coney, um, that abortion was, uh, Roe v. Wade was turned around. On my birthday, by the way. Did you know that, Doug? Was that on your birthday that yeah. that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah June 24th. Yeah. yeah. John yeah. the Baptist's feast day and yeah, yeah, yeah. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Because I gave them blessed salt and holy water too. That's it. That's, That's it. See? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but isn't that an awesome story? I mean, I hope that I, I want to tell it because I want people to be encouraged. That God's amazing. Yeah. God is amazing, you know? Well, and, and, and the I, devil's trying all this stuff and, and, and we come right behind it. But go ahead. Well, I and I think you know, Father and Pat. I, I love your comment on this, Pat, because I know Father, you you agree with this too. But there, far too many of us kind of fall into the oh, that's just a nice coincidence 
that you did that yeah. nice spiritual thing and then these things happened yeah. uh and and i just I, and i think that that's easy for us to kind of excuse things away that could very much be god's power working in different ways i mean i, I really believe that i mean the, the beautiful amazing moments of something magnificent happening are awesome but isn't it true then, you know, Pat, that some of the greatest miracles of God's power working through prayer and, and sacrifice and fasting and, and even things like the story Father just told are the subtle, even quiet in the heart movements that accumulate over time um, and eventually result in, in a deeper conversion or a more solid foundation a stronger marriage, a stronger, you know, um, parenting skills with regards to showing your children the truth of the faith and such. Do you think that we should be, I guess, Pat, looking at just those big events, which happen, which are amazing. And I think it is amazing and miraculous that we ended up on the very same spot. Cause I know you were hoping yeah. for that father and it yeah. happened. And then of course the less salt went crazy all over the place. Yeah. Um, but then Pat, the subtle, if you could talk about the subtle little things that accumulate, you know, we talk about accumulative stress in people, sometimes small T trauma, little things you're living with an alcoholic parent, for example, which I did. My dad was an alcoholic. He died 31 years ago from a massive heart attack. Every day there was that concern. Is he going to be drinking? How is he going to behave when he's been drinking and so forth and so forth? And that accumulation, but we have accumulation of great things too. And I, if you could talk about the little accumulations briefly, Pat, at least about why we should have confidence in God's grace working through the accumulation of little whispers and little movements. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's just so much to point to there in my life, and I'm sure in each of, you know, your lives as well. Um, you know, it it's really almost like repping it out. Like, you know, the more, you, the deeper you get into a prayer life, the more you just feel like you're on the right path, the more supernatural reinforcement you get that this is the right path to be on and here's just little things um you know when we were looking for land on which to build a house we looked all over the state of wisconsin and we found this patch of land 50 acres and we built the house and we thought we were going to be members of a little parish down the road five you know a little country parish five miles away but it ended up being um uh closed so um, we joined the parish um, 20 minutes away. And now with, da and with daily mass, that means we're driving there every day, 20 minutes each way. You know, you know what 20 minutes is? <laughs> it's a, it's a, rosary. a rosary. A rosary. <laughs> yeah. So we, my, Katie and I, every day that we drive to church, nice. we pray a rosary. Mm -hmm. We start the rosary as we leave in the garage. We finish it as we're parking our vehicle of the church now all right we've been doing this now for nine years from here and we go to daily mass so that's how many masses how many years mm. however long god wants to keep us here do you know how many rosaries that's going to be mm. yeah that we're praying because we're exactly awesome. one rosary away and yeah. it's to our benefit and it's the benefit of our, of our prayer life of our marriage and it's yeah. the benefit for all those that we're praying for and all those rosaries. Yeah. I and mean, you get, you're getting the reps in, the spiritual reps, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, it, it's just, we, we don't use the word coincidence. It's all mm -hmm. God incidents. Whether yeah, it's right. small or big, it's a God incidence because God's pr providing these opportunities yeah. to reinforce One of those small ones, uh, I call them God incidents too, or when it's really small or seemingly small, uh, I, I call it God wink. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm here, you know. And one of my favorite ones of late, I think of the last couple of years, is uh, all of a sudden a, an eagle will soar right over me. And I'm going, okay, I know you exist, God. You know, it's a little God wink that I, I think it's a little nice thing. I Frankly, I think God has a great sense of humor, but uh, he does these little things like that. And And again, I love the eagle. I just always have, you know, I grew up, so patriotic i mean i think it's probably my my parents instilled that in me or whatever but all the parades and everything but the eagle is so mighty and uh we got a soar like eagles coming up 
Well, one of the things I wanted to mention too, the 2018 story I told, that was the year we started the Grace Force. So mm. the, the next branch of the military, of course, we're about spiritual strength training and spiritual warfare, the yeah. the, uh, the best practice of spiritual warfare. But anyway. Uh, you know, so, the, one of ahead. the things I want to just jump in on though, sure. Father, is... Um, I know Father and I have the opportunity on this podcast and previous podcasts to talk about having come together in 2016, um, but we have an amazing team um, that have been with us from the start, and most of whom have been very active in pro-life, in anti-abortion. Yep. And um, we have Julia Haig, who's a sidewalk uh, counselor, who has saved babies. Now, I've marched, I've prayed outside Planned Parenthood, I can't ever point to of save, having saved a baby. She saves babies. And she's in some of their lives of the parents and the babies that he's, that she's saved. Father Stephen Imbarato, who's in Ireland right now, again, the Irish Green. Um, yes. And he's on a anti-abortion crusade. And that country really needs our help in, in doing that. Um, Larry Sirignano of, at, in D.C. He's our anchor in D.C. And he's you know, choose life plates, license plates, and a host of other things. Um, he's there doing that. And Jeff Butts, you know, just amazing stuff that we get. So we got we got this team of people, and we all came together through the God incidences that brought us together in 2016. I always said that people ask me after I retire what I missed. And I said, well, it's the people. It's the relationships. Do I miss the job? Certain things about it. But really, it's the people, all the people that I was in contact with. And so that's what's important about what we're doing here is we're building those relationships mm -hmm. and we're working together. And with Father Rick as our spiritual leader for everything that we're doing, it's just the, the, the dividends that are being paid out by what we're doing are just amazing. They're spiritual dividends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just had to, to say that, you know, it, the people that you meet and that you come together with and do things with in taking on these opportunities and responding to God's call and recognizing that we're being called to, it's, it's amazing and it's yeah. fulfilling. Yeah. And I like being part of the team, but I get to sit in the front row and cheer <laughs> father on when he's speaking. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and, and, uh, I, uh, one of the things I want to remember too is that it's hope. So we're going to be calling upon St. Jude, yeah, who is uh, the uh, patron saint of hope and uh, impossible causes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say it, it his uh, feast day is right, right as we'll be praying during the uh, Synod on Synodality. So we want that to go well. And so we'll actually be doing the nine-day novena as the synod is concluding itself. So that, uh, we'll add that as well. But um, I think that concludes uh, what, for tonight. Um, well, please, everybody. One more, one more thing I'd like yeah, to yeah. point out. We have one addition to our 54-day rosary novena oh, yeah. prayers and reflections. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, are you familiar with the Lorica of St. Patrick? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a prayer, very explicit prayer for supernatural strength. If yep. you read, it's a two minute prayer, and, and for some that might appear to be long. It's a very you know two minutes goes by in no time. Yeah, yeah. you're you're praying it's for supernatural prayer. strength yeah. and for protection from evil. Yeah, yeah. and if you I'll, read, I'll it, sorry, go ahead. Forgive me. If you read Father Rick's communication he sent out this morning announcing novena for our nation this year, what are we doing? What are we praying for? We're praying for supernatural strength mm. that gives us hope. And we're praying for protection from the evils that are abounding in the world in this spiritual battle. Right. Right. So look for the Lorica of St. Patrick to play a role in our prayer campaign this year. Really beautiful and yeah. very I'll, powerful. I'll put it in the, uh, in the description below here for nice. anybody who wants to go check it out right now. So. Nice. All right. Thanks, Pat. It was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me again. Yeah. And I hope uh, everybody's excited to join us. It's going to be amazing this year. The 54-day novena for our nation. 
and uh and and also too during that time we'll be doing some spiritual strength training uh nothing too rigorous but it's going to give us a good solid foundation on our spiritual strength all right let's end with a prayer in the name of the father the son the holy spirit amen come holy spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love and may almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen, amen. awesome you guys all right thanks pat good to have you on brother thank you